Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize, brought to you by Forged Iron Stout. Right. Are you intoxicated or something? Introduce the guest, man. Today we are bringing you an octagon special. We have the Scout Samurai, Shamrock, and the one and only menace, Dennis Frimpong. Lads, how are we doing? <laughs> Lovely, lad. Just oh, fucking great. close to the fight now, just cutting the weights, sharp, ready. What more can I say? Yeah, absolutely. We can't wait to see an Octagon 48 only around the corner in the AO Arena, Basmo. Yeah. Dennis, what about yourself, man? I haven't seen you this quiet since, the, since um, being on TV. I, I, I'm just, I just let uh, Shem do his little intro first. Uh, I just want to say, first of all, uh, it's good to finally be on uh, with you, lads. It's been a while, long time coming. Well, I suppose you had you had to save the best for last. You know, you knew it was going to be a show. So, um, yeah, it's good for you to finally have me on after all this time. Yeah, of this course, Dennis. This definitely isn't the last. This definitely isn't the last. Yeah, this, this is the first of many, Dennis. This is the first of many. Uh, Dennis, obviously, you've taken Octagon uh, Challenge by Storm. Uh, you've been the star of nearly every, every episode, regardless of you're fighting or not. Uh, what was that like for you? And Do you have any friends that, uh, after walking out on Team England? Um... Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of people, especially in the north of England, they understand the Irish banter. Um, so they, they've all found it funny, to be honest. Uh, obviously, Barra, people from Hull, where George is from. Um, yeah, you know, the Irish team, I didn't really have any... Uh, uh, to be honest, I went in there thinking I'm going to beef everyone. I, I, I wasn't really Irish. So I was like, there's only one winner at the end of this, so Team Ireland, Team England, they can all get it. But once I was there for, like, two, three days... I actually kind of bonded with the lads and to be fair Paddy did a really good job of like making a cohesive team unit out of us so um that was that was good and then um yeah you know uh, actually like obviously I fought Aaron before so um any sort of beef we had was already squashed you know um and we actually ended up getting quite close so it was a good experience yeah, we'll definitely get more into that, Dennis. But Shem, what was it like coaching with Paddy Hulhan? Like, he's obviously an Irish MMA legend. We had him on in the build-up to the show. Like, what was it like coaching with him on Team Ireland? Forget an Irish MMA legend. These are worldwide legends. People in America know who Paddy Hulhan is. Like, obviously, headlined the first ever Dublin card. He's a big name, got a lot of experience. The thing that really took me aback was how we got the lads all as one, um, the mental warfare side of the game back in the dressing room before the fight, warming the lads up. And then obviously he's got a lot of great knowledge on the mats and it was good for me and him to just pick each other's brains and pass on knowledge to each other and different concepts. And um, it was good to be there as a coach and not the fighter for once and get to give different yeah. parts of myself. I think you kind of see that in the show where I maybe take a bit more of a back step because it's not about me as a fighter, it's about me as a coach. So it's more about pushing the lads. And it was good to link up with Dennis and be in Dennis's corner again. And I think Dennis had a big advantage that no one else had, that a guy who was in his corner coaching him knew his game inside and out where no one else on the show had that. 
Yeah, yeah. Hassan, no, it was Hassan. good to see DCA lads back together <laughs> and show Paddy Hoolan the most recent man the headline at UC Dublin. But Dennis, what was it like actually living in the house like with all the, all the lads? It was something like the ultimate fighter for the people that haven't checked it out. To be honest, yeah, I enjoyed it. But after doing that, I don't think I'd ever do the ultimate fighter, mate. Um, I'll be honest. Um, it's fucking weird, mate. It's proper weird. Like normally, you don't see your opponent till the weigh-in day. And then you see them on the fight day, and that's it. Um, maybe like you know, with UAE, obviously, I was, I was, I seen him in the hotel a few days before, like fight week. Well, yeah, it's definitely weird, mate. You're sat there having breakfast on the fight day, and the guy you're fighting's walking through the, the fucking kitchen and all, making his breakfast, and you're looking at him like, yeah, lad, we're gonna fight later. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's Obviously, it was definitely um, a lot more uncomfortable for them lot because I was the one antagonizing. Um, but I still wouldn't do it, mate. It was it, It's weird. It's weird vibes, mate. Um, yeah, especially after you've beat them as well and then they're just sulking around the house and you're like, I don't I don't want to have to look at you, mate. I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? I just knocked yeah. you out. I don't want to have to look at you. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was weird. But, yeah, I, I had fun. I had fun while I was there. It was a little... Uh, little few weeks of summer away in a, in a warm country in a villa you know what i mean and um just the lads holiday with a load of irish lads that i didn't know you know and we got to terrorize our opponents so it was good i yeah. think um i i think being in the house all together actually worked in dennis's favor because i think he just knows how to rattle people and poke them and and then when it comes on fight day he switches and now he's focused and he's zoned in and maybe they're still warming up, thinking about him. They're still hating him. They still want to punch a hole in him. And he's just, it's any guy, it's anyone in front of me. Um, I've never, like, I've never seen his progression jump so much since he's now been based here in England. And I think um, he got to show that on the show as well. Yeah, well, the finale, Ross, is nearly here. November 4th, Octagon 48, live on The Zone. Ross, will you be watching it? Yeah, I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't miss it. And that is one thing I definitely want to touch on, Dennis. Dennis, your levels seem to really, really uh, improve since uh, the last time out we've seen you. But I, I always sort of felt you were a person, and you probably feel the same, doing a lot of training in DCA with the lads. You were always probably better suited for the pro game than you were for the amateur game. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, the way you use your length, you know, get, getting elbows in the mix and stuff like that, uh, uh, and the knees, like, I think that's just something that's so much better suited at the program. Did you feel like that was always coming down the line, that you are going to see a massive level increase once you uh, went from amateur to pro? 100%. I think um, the level increase is due to a number of factors. So, first of all, it's me work rate. Um, like, I work harder than anyone. Shem will confirm that, like, anyone that's ever trained in any gym with me, be it DCA, any of my jiu-jitsu gyms I've trained in, any MMA gym I've trained in, um, they know how hard I work. Um, obviously, I've got physical attributes as well that, that, that help, but people have physical attributes and don't know how to use them because they can't work hard enough to actually get to know how to use them. Mm. Um, yeah, obviously, the elbows and the knee game, that was something I picked up from my very beginnings of striking during COVID in DCA. Um, you know, it was it was a bit frustrating sometimes not being able to knee someone in the face or elbow them uh, at amateur. Um, in fact, there was some fights where I've like tried gone to throw a spinning elbow and then pulled it last <laughs> second and stuff like that. So um, yeah, obviously the the pro games opened that up now, and um, 
just that level of comfortability in the cage as well, uh, where I'm I'm willing to go into that fire a little bit and and throw the elbows. Um, so yeah, like you know, I feel like as I say, I'm only a baby in the in the MMA game. I've only been doing it maybe three years. I made my amateur debut just over two years ago, and I've had 14 fights since then, including these two on the show. So um, yeah, you know, people will see a massive increase again in the next year or two as well. Um, I already believe I'm UFC top 15 level. Um, yeah, it's only a matter of time before I prove that. And one more for the bad guy. <laughs> Absolutely. One more for the bad guy is right. Yeah, we really saw that in your fights in there. Like, even even just the basics down to your boxing. Like, when you threw that jab, you were way back at the end of it. You know what I mean? There was... Poor Bo Gavin was uh, getting pinged from a mile out. Uh, yeah. But we also saw you come a bit of, over a bit of adversity in that fight. We saw uh, a, a sort of, I think it was the end of round one, where, where he caught you with some nice shots as well. Was it nice to be in that pro game and like, have that small bit of adversity to come over and then knowing, like, knowing that, obviously, in competition, that you can actually come, overcome that? I'm sure in training that happens, but it's different um, in competition. To be honest, yeah. I always... It's weird the way... You almost manifest things with your words, right? Because before the Hassan knockout, day or two before, I was saying, oh, I've landed loads of head kicks in fights and I've never knocked anyone out. And then I land a head kick and knock them out. Before the bow fight, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, Hassan's best shots. No one's ever dropped me in training, in, in, in any fights. I've never been dropped. I've never been caught with a shot. I usually am quite good at, like, rolling the shot and seeing it at the last second, you know, and just taking some of the sting out of it. Mm. That was the first time I ever got caught with a shot that, put me on the arse a little bit and even looking back at the fight when I watched it back I didn't know how quick I got up I lost 30 seconds of my life there like because I was in autopilot and when he dropped me till when he took me down and went for the head and arm triangle that was where I kind of came back to and was like shit I'm in a head and arm triangle started defending it but in between that time I was still throwing elbows at him I was on wobbly legs but I was still fighting back and there was like an internal monologue I remember it so vividly um that was just saying, like, you've tried way too much shit to let this guy knock you out in the first round. <laughs> um, so I feel like, yeah, like, the, the shit talk kind of makes me have to work a little bit harder and overcome the, that yeah. adversity because I can't, I can't just give in then, you know. I, I have to d- go out on my shield. And, um, yeah, on top of that, it was good to know that even when I'm on autopilot, I still, I'm, I still have a bit of fight in me. I'm not just going to cave in and shell up, you know. I'm, I'm still dangerous, and he was aware of that. Like, yeah, a few elbows, even when I, I don't remember throwing them. So, yeah, it was good to have that adversity and know that you can take a shot off a big hitter and um, still fight back. As a man once says, I talk and I talk and I talk, but guess what? I back it up. And that's, 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 it. That's, that's, that's tennis for Who was that man actually that said that? Uh, I think some fellow was walking around with uh, all the money in the bank and a couple of belts uh, around his waist. So, uh, yeah, the old champ champ. So, uh, yeah. Dennis, you're you're, uh, you're following a good moniker there. And that was the Irish on Octagon. Uh, they, they they were really in battle in the cage and out of the cage uh, w- with the English team. But uh, tell us this: you know, all roads now lead to the AO Arena, Octagon 48. Can't wait to see it. you versus George Saints. Will, will you be uh, sending George Saints some Lego for Christmas with the money you win off him? <laughs> He um he'll he will be the Lego set that he has to put back together for Christmas. So I'm gonna leave him in pieces, mate. To be quite honest, um, 
like, you know, on record, I'm not really arsed. Um, this is the healthiest I've ever been for any fight. Um, quit quit smoking weed about six seven months ago. Um, after like a good a good long while of uh, like I've been smoking weed quite quite regularly, you know, since I was a teenager. And um, honestly, my mindset is the darkest it's ever been. I honestly want to uh, end this guy's career before it starts. Uh, I want to make sure he goes from a sixteen and one prospect uh, amateur to an own one professional and then retires because he can't pass a brain scan to be quite honest that, that Jim, you're dark. obviously off the weed now as well aren't you yeah i've been um clean since i come out of jail lads best decision ever you just you your whole way of thinking your work ethic you you'd get up and go like that weed it's good for like when you want to cut off from the world and you want to slow the mind down. Because I think my mind just constantly goes a thousand miles an hour. And the only thing that can relax me a little bit is either after the good hard training session or after the joint. But it's the other side that comes with it. It's not worth it, lad. Just uh, anyone who's got any ambition to be anything in life, I'd recommend not to smoke weed because it will just kill you in the addition. And it, hey, and it's, it's quite a common thing with fighters. A lot of fighters smoke weed. Um, fucking, you see Sean O'Malley hitting bongs and all that, and some people can do it. And um, obviously, Sean O'Malley's a heavy weed smoker, still became a world champ. But I just think, like, you'd be it better without my, it. Yeah, it takes my edge off a little bit, like, it takes those dark thoughts out of my head. Like, I want to actually kill this guy, and it makes me feel a bit more like, ah, I don't have to kill him, but I need that. I need that. Yeah, to be like, I yeah, agree. I'm gonna kill him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, lads, one thing before we carry on going into Octagon 48 is Shem's documentary that came out that was done by Channel, uh, Channel 4. Shem, can you tell us how that sort of came about? And you're almost now the poster boy of Octagon. Yeah, I'm the I'm the new face of the, the Octagon in the, the UK. Place. Yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy, lad, after the... No, for me debut, um, Octagon sent loads of documentary filmmakers to come over and basically tell me story. Yeah. And it was a bit hard because we had to condense it in 20 minutes. So there were a lot of things we missed. And then there was also a lot of things that you don't want to say on camera that I left out myself. Um, but it's boss to see that Channel 4 have picked it up and Channel 4 have run with it and put it on the channel. I think it got left more than 100,000 views in the first week on YouTube, oh, yeah. which, is, which is crazy. And I say this all the time, but I'm just blessed to have such a great opportunity from Pavel and Andre and the whole Octagon team and... I'm happy to be in the position I'm in and thankful to my management, Sid Mogul, who put me in touch with these because if it weren't for Sid, I'd never know who Octagon was. I'd probably be in Cage Warriors, to be honest with you. Um, Dennis, are you hoping to get on that level as well? A shame. Because the two years fighting in this card, there's going to be a load of people from Ireland watching it. Like, are you, like, what, what do you sort of expect your career to be like with Octagon? Shame's playing on my prelims, mate. What are you talking about? <laughs> 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 no, well, honestly, yeah. It, like it's something that me and Shem have spoke about for a while like uh we've been trying to get on the same card for a long time even on just the regional show so yeah. for us to be on the same card in the AO arena it's the biggest arena in the UK um 18,000 seater stadium on this kind of big show I'm in the final of um this octagon challenge he's fighting a copper and getting paid to do it um <laughs> It's a dream ending. All Octagon really needs to sort out is the fact that he's on the fucking prelims. He needs to be up here on the main card, you know. Yeah, um, I, couldn't, I bit, didn't understand that either. 
Yeah, well, we'll have a chat. I don't, I don't understand it, to be honest. Um, I would rather, like, us fight back-to-back or something, do you know what I mean? Or at least, like, one fight in between us or something like that so that I, we could watch each other's fight. Um, it's just a bit weird, to be honest. Like, But, uh, obviously, Octagon have their own planning and what they want to do. Um, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, I believe I believe that everything happens for a reason. Um, obviously, I'm on the prelims, so it just means that I'm going to have moment. to get that arena jumping from early on. The crowd will be there that wouldn't have been there if I wasn't on the prelims. And I'm lucky because after my fight, I get to come out and watch Dennis and get to watch Paul Smith. So I'm made up, lads. Like, do I want the main events? Of course I do. Do I deserve the main events? Of course I do. But everything happens for a reason. And at least I'm just looking at the silver lining of this just puts fuel to the fire that I want to kill this guy even more to showcase. 100%. You should have put me on the main 100%. event. But not only that, I get to see fights after my fight that I would never have been able to see because I'm one of them. If I'm fighting, and, and look, I'm not fact, watching anyone. And as far as these are saying about me getting to Shem's level, I think like neither of us has even touched the surface of where we're going to be at. Like, we're, I'm not satisfied where I am. I know Shem's not satisfied with where he's at yet. And I'm looking at the top five in this division. And to be honest, like, there's very beatable fights right now. I'm only two pro fights into my career, and some of these guys have 30-plus pro fights, and I'd absolutely murder them. So, I get um, the top five. I'm looking at the people fighting for the belt right now and thinking I'll smack them both up. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So I think, like, yeah, we just need to keep winning, keep beating the next guy in front of us, and then make ourselves undeniable. Um, but I really think there's going to be a big shift in Octagon as far as like top, the top guys in each division. The more they keep signing UK and Irish fighters, the more that um, they're going to see the levels of UK and Irish fighters for such a small region. You know, we might not have the biggest population, but we've got some of the best fighters in the world. We've produced some of the best fighters in the world. So just have to wait and see. Yeah, also on the card, Aaron, Aaron McDonald's going to be on the card as well. He's opening it up. Ross, what, what do you want to sort of see from Octagon now? Like, they're after going in, taking advantage of the the historic Irish versus English, and then, like, the Irish now like have absolutely blown up. Dennis has been, I think, the thumbnail for, like, about seven of the eight episodes. Well, what would you like to see Octagon do next? Well, I'd like to see them continue to push the UK and Ireland as a region. I think Ireland UK right now has so many different shows coming to, to, to that region that like it's getting more and more competitive so if Octagon want to be competitive in there they need to sign more fighters but then really showcase the ones they do have because if they showcase the likes of Dennis and Shem and um, you know make a big deal out of them more fighters want to go there but like you know I, I do think they're missing a trick by putting someone like Shem on the prelims now I know you say you're happy to be there but I, I think it's one of those things where like put them on the main card Make a massive fuss when he when he you know turns his walk out for his fight you know in the media in the build up and then other fighters go oh look when you go to Oscon look what you get treated like you know what I mean like I think I think that's where uh, you're missing the trick and like Chem's already a star like what was a hundred k views on a YouTube video in the space of a week like I don't think uh, there's another fighter on the card who would be able to do that so uh, maybe like, Dennis incredible stuff yeah maybe maybe, maybe yeah. Dennis so maybe we'll Dennis. put a montage of his trash talk for a week or, or for for uh, on YouTube and he'll get get hundred k go on Chem I'll tell you one more thing though lads. They said they're coming to the UK. They said they're going to do six to eight shows in a year. Mm. A lot of shows. But my thing is, 
Liverpool and Dublin never being announced, never being mm. spoke about. We need a show in Liverpool and we need a show in Dublin, not Belfast. Oh, Belfast is nice, don't get me wrong, mm. but it ain't Dublin. And, you know, people think, oh, Manchester, Liverpool, it's just a drive up the motorway. You don't understand. If I had MS Bank, I'd sell it out by myself. I know for a fact I'd have every scouser in the city there. And the same if we had the Irish lads in Dublin, we'd have mm. the place rocking. And that's what they need to do. We yeah, do we're, we're actually doing. We do absolutes. <laughs> yeah, we're we're actually doing to get over for a Liverpool show. Yeah, so like, Octon could be the ones to make it happen. Dennis, is there is there anywhere on your bucket list you'd like to uh, chalk off as a venue to fight in? Obviously, three arena, mate. Three arena is mm. uh, definitely part of the bucket list. I think if I could fight the three arena, MSG, the Tokyo Africa. Dome, the Tokyo Dome, and one in Ghana. That that would yeah. be, you know, those four. Maybe Croke Park if we're going really exotic, you know, yeah. if we're going really <laughs> ambitious. But um, I think like the three arena, Tokyo Dome, MSG, one in Ghana, and um, yeah, those are like the the four on the bucket list, really. Nice. And what about yourself, Shem? Um, we'd have to say somewhere in Africa, whether it be I don't know Nigeria, Ethiopia, somewhere like that. Um, maybe Lagos would be good. Um, obviously, you've got to do America, haven't you? You can't not do Vegas in your mm. own career. Um, Liverpool, I can't. I've never fought in Liverpool. Never. Not as an amateur, mm. not as a pro. Like, I can't end my career without ever fighting in my own town, lads. I'd love it, like Dennis says, to be like Anfield Stadium or something mm. big like that. But, bro, I- I'll take fucking... Olympia at this rate, lads, 5,000 people, 1,000 <laughs> people. I, I just want to fight. Good, good, good as some I'll take any, lad, I'll take any Liverpool place right now. Um, well, it's good as some being redone. I Asia again as well. There was a few places in Asia that I never got to do, but it is what it is, isn't it? When the yeah, fighters just pay me and I'll fucking fight in my back garden. Yeah, yeah the new well, revamped uh, Goodison Park. I heard Molly McCann's opening up, so it'll be great. Oh. Yeah, hopefully Brian Lacey's li- at home listening, writing all these down, Brian. And uh, great job presenting <laughs> on Octagon. Yeah, make it happen, Brian. Make it happen, uh, lads. For people tuning in, make sure to check out Octagon Forty Eight on November fourth. It's going to be alive in the zone. It's going to be on YouTube as well. It, this is not going to be not to be missed. These two lads like stole the show, and they're they're looking to steal the show again. There's going to be loads of interest from people all over England and all over Ireland, which is great. Like that's exactly what you want for an event, uh, lads. Before we wrap things up, is there anything else you have to say to the people tuning in that have watched the, the whole journey and are looking forward to seeing you both compete together on the same card? Octagon Forty Eight, Manchester AO Arena, eighteen thousand screaming screaming fans. Me versus a police officer. Dennis fighting for a title against George Staines, the biggest prospects in England and Ireland. What more just wants? If you aren't there, you're the losers. <laughs> what a hey. promo! What a promo, Dennis. Your work's cut out for you here beat now. That, Dennis. I've got, I've got another bit to add to that. Anyone that hasn't watched Octagon Challenge, I know obviously throughout this podcast it would have been ruined already the results, but go back and watch it because there's some absolutely belting moments in it. It's not finished yet as well. The last episode's out next Tuesday. Uh, obviously, there's no fight. We know who's in the final, but they're going to be covering a bit of like build-up to the fight and whatnot. Um, and yeah, as Shem said, uh, 4th of November, 
you're going to see the biggest Irish lightweight prospect and the biggest English lightweight prospect come head to head. Um, the two it's people cows. that. Huh? Oh, you meant George, sorry. Yeah, you meant George. Meant George yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, you're not a prospect anymore at this stage, mate. You're you're established. Yeah, we're, you're a toil challenger, champ. You're a toil challenger. But, um, yeah, so obviously me and George, it's a fight that probably should have happened a lot earlier at Amateur, to be honest. But as George said, you know, he wanted to wait until he got paid to get knocked out. So he's going to get paid now to get knocked out, and I'm going to take that contract and that belt. Uh, Shem's going to get the batter of copper. <laughs> to be honest, I, I wanted the batter of copper, but... Uh, Maybe I will later down the line. Uh, leave, leave some of them for me, will you? <laughs> Ross, Ross, are you gonna, how can you top that, man? Lads, I can't wait to see it. Octagon 48, live from the AO Arena in Manchester. It is going to be an unbelievable event. We get Dennis the Menace Fring Pong against George Staines. It is two of the best prospects going toe-to-toe. And we get to see, can the Menace defeat the Lego man? Find out on the night. And then, obviously, Shamrock, the man who was wrongly accused, gets to get his own back and take down a copper. And he is going to go in there and steal the show. It's going to be an unbelievable night. And not only that, you get Paul Smith, one of the funniest men alive, going toe-to-toe with Jay Quickenden. Uh, it's going to be an unbelievable night. Octagon 48 is one not to be missed. Get there or be square. Don't forget, and don't forget, I already mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, Aaron McDonald is fighting against Hassan on YouTube, or what's left of Hassan. Uh, if he's not still going for a nap, uh, <laughs> he hey, missed my two, my, two, uh, my two sons are fighting. I hate to see it, but <laughs> that's ruthless. Oh, ruthless, ruthless, But guys, thanks a million for joining us. If you are watching home, make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always. Stay energized. Energized show. Up the Irish. Been sussing you guys a couple of times. I've seen a couple of clips. I think you've done some interviews with Dylan Moran and that. But I, I, I saw. So keep going. Keep up the good work, guys.